have you guys seen oh have you watched the uh rebooted unsolved mysteries on netflix at all i watched mm-hmm. the first couple episodes but you know it was missing the mysterious voice man. It was missing, you know, the guy who's like, Kyle was on his way back from school that week when he arrived at his mother's salon. Yeah. To his horror, the salon door was busted open. And, you know, it's the type of thing like that. There was a local case in one of the episodes of the new ones. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, um, heard about that. I didn't actually get to watch too much of that episode. I only watched a little bit of it because I was, kind of tuning in and out but guy went from topeka to gardner and then disappeared and died in lacine which is like that's just the worst possible tour of this side of kansas you could go on (laughs) it's (laughs) you really i mean really just two awful awful areas uh not a big you know i don't mind gardner but uh but I wouldn't live there. I'll say that no. much. Topeka sucks. Yeah. I'll go on record. <clears throat> of course, I don't know anyone who's ever, <laughs> even people who live in Topeka, I don't think that's where all our followers live. fond of it. But all, all our followers live in Topeka. We just lost them all. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if you guys heard that, but that was the cracking of the cool, refreshing. That was the sound of a, the cracking of a cool, refreshing beverage by the name of Truly Lemonade, Hard Seltzer Mango flavor. Oh, you're, you're drinking Truly's too? Dude, I got oh drunk. Oh my God. I got drunk <laughs> nice. on the 4th of July on Truly's. Hold it was on. incredible. Listen, listen to this. Dude, oh. my 4th of July sucked. Cheers, Tam. Oh yeah, good. cheers, Tam, please. Cheers. Put your beer, or your Truly, to the webcam. Thank you. How was your 4th of July? Your, mine was great. Fourth. I went to I went to Baldwin. I went <laughs> to the country. I uh, got drunk on Trulies. I I drank at least eight of these. Um, it had to have been a horrible hangover. All the sugar. It wasn't the best. Is there a lot of sugar in this? One gram. There's one gram. So eight uh, grams oh, of sugar. Okay. So like half a serving of Kool Aid maybe. Um, and then I swam in the pool. We uh, lit off fireworks, and you know it was just a grand. It was a grand old time. Yeah, the the dogs were running around. There was chickens. Tanner, why was your so bad? Well, uh, you know, for starters, I guess we only speculated the last time we recorded, but I was subsequently confirmed to have the big Rona. The big Rona. And so I couldn't really go out and do anything. Not that anyone should be you know, large gathering right now anyways, but with or without it. Uh, but I don't know. I just kind of stayed in and played video games all day. And then at the last second, we thought we might go catch the Olathe fireworks show and just stay in our car. But it was just a madhouse trying to drive through there or find anywhere to oh, park. It's going to be 10 times busier than normal too, because a lot of people are doing their normal gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, time to head to the, and the old Olathe Medical Center. The show started before we even got parked, so we were just like, fuck it, and we turned around and left. <laughs> and I went to bed because my head started hurting. So <laughs> that, was, oh. that was my fourth. Oh, man. What a, what a good way to celebrate America's birthday. But, but I'll say this, what? I'll say this much, Tanner. Uh, we're glad to have you back. Full senses abounds. 
you're tasting, you're smelling, and uh, it's coming back. You're failing. I did. I did lose the the smell and taste last week, but mm-hmm. it's slowly come back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So moving on from Corona, <laughs> that sucked. Uh, Tim. <laughs> Don't do it. How was your fourth? Was it good? Uh, well, it was probably about the same as Tanner's, although I was not sick. I was healthy. I just hung out with my family for a little bit. And then uh, everyone was at the lake with their family that night. So I just went back to my place and, and watched some old TV and drank Truly's as well. Hey. Truly's. Tony, what? I, so I had my first truly drunk off Trulies. I had my drunk off Trulies with my family. I got drunk off Trulies by myself. And that's the way America. That's the way we're going. Um, I'll Amen, say this, brother. I had my first truly like two or three years ago, and I really liked it. So I don't know why I haven't been drinking these uh, as much. I remember when I posted the picture of the truly brand. It, this is how this is how unpopular the hard seltzer game was at that time. Uh, because Brandon Hardman messaged me and said, you, you drink Trulies? You got to get on that claw life. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? And he said, there ain't no laws when you're drinking white claws. And I said, again, what the hell does that mean? And uh, that was a hard seltzer. So anyways, um, Hey, let's not beat around that bush. I'll tell you what, real quick, because I just proud of myself. I got a lot done today, guys. I, I got a lot done. I cleaned up the old Intex 10 by 30 above ground backyard pool. Uh, got the new cover that came in the mail over it, so I no longer have to worry about bugs and, and icky, icky boys floating around in there. Um, and I got some dishes done. I reorganized some kitchen cabinets, so the cooking that I do is way more organized. I got a lot of stuff done. I got my car washed, did, did my laundry, you know, feeling good. So with that, with, uh, with everyone knowing what I did today, out of the way um let's go ahead and do this today uh on today's episode of cinemastic we're going to be talking about what we watched this week as always we're also going to talk about that hamilton play that's on disney plus fallout the video game is getting a tv show margot robbie in a new pirates of the caribbean movie batman resumes filming holy shit james momoa is frosty snowman and plenty more as well as a fun little game that we're going to play at the end of the podcast. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great episode of Cinemaxic. Hope you stick around to the end. And uh, without further ado, it's time to dive in. This is Cinemaxic. Getting good at that. You know, you can just go through your whole spiel now. I I uh, I have no fear. No, no pauses. No fear when it comes to this stuff. I'm just I'm just rolling, just rolling. Um, guys, as always, I'm your host Max Lita, Matt Max Fozzie. Joined joined for the first time in a while with the the main crew. Well, minus Jay, minus Jay. Uh, but with the main main heart of the crew, uh, Tanner Rush at Danger Rush. How you doing? Better. The big Rona boy himself. He's feeling good. And uh, uh, Tim Reichmuth at Tim Trist, back again for the first time and I want to say, a couple weeks. Tim, how are you feeling? Alive. 
alive and well, and we're drinking <clears throat> Trulies, and we're I am feeling alive right now. Yeah. Truly. Truly, truly alive. Feeling truly well. Truly, truly well. Um, yeah. So, so I'm excited, guys. We we got a lot. We got a lot lined up for today's episode, and uh, a lot of fun things that we're gonna do. And uh, and yeah. Oh, a little housekeeping up front, guys. Typically, we release our podcasts on on Fridays. Um, we're we're switching up our release schedule a bit. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna record at the end of the week, and we're gonna release these on monday so you have monday through friday you have that as an option to listen to when you're working from home at home with the kids whatever um we're gonna have that for you uh to to uh listen to all week so we don't run up against the weekend and and uh make that a little bit more feasible plus on top of that we're gonna start doing force visions again um every other week so force visions will release on thursdays every other week and cinemaxics every monday uh, so I just wanted to get that housekeeping out of the way. Uh, and again, like I've said before, we have some YouTube stuff brewing. Uh, we haven't gotten too much further with that, but uh, some fun things coming that way. So if you want to just be there when it happens, go to the Cinemaxic uh, YouTube channel, subscribe. We'd love it and uh, and, and enjoy. So, um, oh man, I felt like there was one more thing I wanted to say, but I, uh, oh yeah. You know what? Someone was supposed to, someone I thought sent in a voice message on anchor let me see if that's if that's true give me give me a second here let me see if we it doesn't look like it okay so no that was a that was a false positive no worries uh we we uh, did not get anything uh again um <laughs> so moving right. in moving into what we watched this week what we watched this week i want to start i want to start um I watched Eurovision with my fiance Paige, and um, you know, with Will Ferrell movies, even his worst ones for me, I still get a few chuckles out of him, and I find him entertaining enough to at least give it a shot. Uh, I will say that nearly ran dry with the movie Watson and Holmes, or whatever the you know hell they called that. I, I can't even remember. Uh, that one was not very good at all. But for the most part, I, I find Will Ferrell entertaining enough in his brand of humor up my alley. And, um, and because of that, I, I gave this a watch. And you know what? You know what? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It's a streamable movie. It's on Netflix. It was an easy watch. It's not something you have to be paying a ton of attention to to understand where the story's going. So you can kind of have it on and just enjoy your night doing other things. You know, uh, <laughs> that sounds strange. Um, but you know, it doesn't require so much your attention, but it was good. Uh, Will Ferrell and, um, uh, shoot, what's her name from, from Julie uh, Louis Drive? Oh wait, no, 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 that's Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Uh, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams are, uh, they play, uh, they're, they're competing in the competition for Eurovision, uh, which I had never even heard of before in my life, but apparently it's a real competition where people from all different countries across the, across Europe and, and other countries too, it doesn't have to be Europe, I guess, just Europe, um, come together for an international singing competition to see who wins it all. Um, and Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams are from the, are from, are from Iceland, I want to say. And they, uh, uh, some, some, Things happen to where they end up being the contestants in Eurovision, even though they were nowhere near good enough to compete. They had, because of uh, other circumstances that happen in the movie that you'll see that are rather funny, um, they get chosen. 
And uh, yeah, it was, like I said, it was a fun movie. Will Ferrell and Rich McAdams had actually decent chemistry throughout the thing. Will Ferrell's accent is hilariously bad. Uh, so much he just breaks from his Icelandic accent and drops into just normal Will Ferrell for like random words. It's, it's actually one of the more bizarre things I've ever <laughs> listened to. Um, and I don't know if they did that on purpose or if he was legit trying to stay in, stay in accent, but uh, he was failing at that. But the funniest thing about this for me, even outside the comedy, um, which by the way, Dan, um, oh my God, dude, I'm just going to keep forgetting names. Dan, uh, who Dan played Stevens. Dan Stevens from Beauty and the Beast and, and the guest and other things. Um, he was hilarious in this. But the funniest thing to me was actually how good the songs were, uh, especially the last song uh, that they sing. It is actually a really good song. And I'm going to be honest, I would be a little surprised if it doesn't get a an Oscar nomination because it was it was actually a really touching emotional song that they wrote. And um, it, it was a bop. It was a banger. What can I say? Um, so yeah, watch your version. And I watched Hamilton, which I want to drop into a Hamilton review after we do what we watch. So I watched Hamilton, but we'll, uh, we'll do a review of that after the what we watch section. So um, that's what I watched. Uh, Tim or Tanner, what'd you guys watch? Oh man, a lot. Yeah, it seems like you were. Well, what's it been? Two weeks since we last? I want to say it was a week. Oh yeah, it has been two weeks. Cause it, it took us a, a little while to get that. Yeah, go ahead. I finally got around to I, Tanya. Oh, um, it's so good. Yes. I love I, Tanya. I know you guys love. It was good. I, um, yeah, I kind of joked it was like a trashy black swan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. And less terrifying. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I guess this was around the time when I was little, when this was all like current events. Um, but I don't really remember any of it too well. And, you know, I, uh, Tanya Harding pops up every now and then on like just random shit on TV. And whenever she does, you know, my parents would always be like, ugh, <laughs> kind of thing. That's was sort of the extent <laughs> I knew about her. But yeah. um, it was definitely... Um, an engaging story is interesting that it kind of takes um it's set up right immediately that the story comes from interviews with um tanya harding and her ex-husband whose name i'm forgetting and how they often contradict and whatever Mm -hmm. um so you have this idea of an unreliable narrators baked into it but it is interesting that it seems to only display things squarely from visually squarely from tanya's perspective um so i felt like in that way the movie was a little at odds with itself but uh maybe not um Biggest takeaway for me was uh, Paul Walter Hauser, friend, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. And, and, and by friend, I mean he's heard of us because I forced it upon him. Go ahead. Uh, I thought he was hilarious in it. Like, I know it's, you know, these are all real people, these characters. Um, but just, 
he he nailed this sort of I don't want to say stereotype, but we all have kind of maybe knew a guy at school or like you have a weird cousin who's just the overweight turbo nerd that mm-hmm. like seems to always talk with his eyes closed for some reason. <laughs> just, yeah. He nailed this character. It was so entertaining to watch. I wish <laughs> I wish the whole movie was just about that dude's life because I could watch it for hours. Um <laughs> But and I love that he lived at home with his parents too, which was really funny to me. Yeah, Just the the way they per, you know portrayed that was cracked <laughs> me up. It was so funny. Um, yeah. And then I watched a movie called The Nightingale, which is an Australian period piece. That's the kind of that's a, the Tanner movies we like to hear. Uh, a revenge, a revenge tale of. Uh, colonial australia as we all know australia <laughs> started out as a penal colony just love the phrase penal colony um but here's here's the thing i wanted to like it i heard a lot of good things um it was also billed as a horror movie which it's not at all mm-hmm. but it is very dark and hard to sit through mm. um, one of those reasons is there are no less than I think there's exactly there are exactly five on screen occurrences of rape in the film. Good lord, man. Why? Three Jeez. three of which happen within the film's first thirty minutes. Two of which happen like to, set to the, the pace, same okay. to the same character in the same scene in a scene that goes on for at least 10 minutes and there's a point i think where you know you can depict horrible upsetting things if it's effective if it communicates something about the world the movie takes place and its characters the morals whatever that's okay but to do something like that as extreme in uh harrowing and traumatizing as rape to depict it five times goes from being effective to being gratuitous and just kind of pointless and this is why we have you on the podcast (laughs) because you you watch movies like this for us you know i come on here i'm like i watch this lighthearted comedy about real rich mcadams pretending to be icelanders in eurovision and tanner's like I just got done watching this really dark Tunisian film um, about the <laughs> mass graves that have been filling up over the past decade in the transatlantic trade union and the effect it had on the, uh, <laughs> just like, I'm like, oh, fuck. Thank you, Tanner, for watching this. This adds a, a layer of perspective that otherwise this podcast wouldn't have. Otherwise, it would just be dick jokes and um, Kylo Ren hanging dong. There, Which is also a dick joke. One and the same. It's no joke. Um, it's it's what the people need. But so with the Nightingale, um, I there are good things about it. I don't necessarily regret watching it, but um, it's kind of an exercise in human cruelty (laughs) and if you're not up for it i don't blame you 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think I would pass on that one. And there's also, you know, violent yeah. murder and uh, other horrible things. Um, also finally got around to watching Doctor Sleep, which was very good. Yeah, I've heard it. Long. I thought you were going to say Dr. Doolittle. No. <laughs> Eddie Murphy? <laughs> yes. No, no, no. He's, Robert Downey Jr., the better one. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Good. Lucky you. There, I guess there's a director's cut if you buy the Blu-ray. It has the director's cut. I'm, in, I'm interested in checking that out eventually. Um what I liked about Dr. Sleep is that it's very unapologetically uh, Stephen King. And I know, Max, you're... Oh, my God, yeah. Your did you, brother is a big Stephen King fan. Did you say the director's cut? The, the, you're interested in the director's cut of Doolittle? No, Dr. Sleep. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was like... No. I was like, wow, you want to see more of that film. Okay, yes. no, carry on. Yes, my brother is a big Stephen King fan. And uh, I, I don't know, I would like to talk to him about this, maybe, if he's seen the movie or read yeah. the book upon which it is based. But so kind of famously, The Shining, Kubrick's Shining, is very different from the book in a lot of ways. It really tones down Stephen King's more goofy uh, tendencies. And so with Dr. Sleep, what the director Mike Flanagan was trying to do was make something that's works as a sequel to the Kubrick film, but is also a more uh, faithful adaptation to its source material than The Shining was. Mm -hmm. um, but so Dr. Sleep is very, very Stephen King. Like, you know how mm -hmm. he can't just have it's never like just a ghost story. Like it's like there's ghosts and then the main character is an alien or like there's always an extra level of mm -hmm. weird out there-ness to it. And it always just, you, when you try explaining it to someone, it just sounds like the goofiest, dumbest shit you've ever heard. <laughs> but like, you know, he makes it compelling. Um, so this movie's like that. It's full on goofy Stephen King. Um, which I I enjoyed in this instance. Um, it's it's extremely disturbing as well. Yeah, that scene with Jacob Tremblay. Yeah, which that was good, but uh, one of my problems with the movie is that the bad guys just weren't that like menacing. I don't think like they did horrible right. shit, but like ninety percent of the time they just seem kind of like annoying, like like. I don't know, some goofy indie you band never... on tour like Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Like, if they yeah. were horror movie villains, like, that's... They, 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 they never really... I, I agree with you there. They never really gave you a sense of, oh, they're going to... You know, they're, they're real villains. They're going to do some terrible stuff. Because yeah. they're kind of on the, the edge of their lives, and they're, they're starting to get kind of desperate. Which, I guess, in a sense, when you become desperate, you start to do more, uh, I guess, more stuff that you probably normally want to do, which in a sense kind of makes them scary. But I agree. You, you weren't really intimidated with them. And, yeah. But I thought it was an interesting take too because I did like how the girl um, main, well, not really the main character, but um, the girl is like a total weeb. 
like she's got anime posters on her wall and like when she's she's doing this weird psychic projection where she's trying to scare the main bad guy and she has like neon blue hair for just I it just like it because it's a nice detail that like that's something you know like a 12 or 13 year old teenager who's in the anime would think is cool um nice little uh character trait mm-hmm. um that's uh so yeah that's dr sleep i'm gonna speed through the next thing i also watched a movie called the diary of a teenage girl which is about a 15 year old girl in the 70s who starts sleeping with her mom's boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) go on go on it's actually a pretty uh, touching touching story uh it's got Kristen wig and uh alexander skarsgård um who plays a total loser i mean he's sleeping with a 15 year old but um and then i also watched a british horror anthology film called ghost stories and it was good but the ending was one of the dumbest twist endings i have ever witnessed <laughs> so ghost stories star it's got martin freeman in it um was it spooky it had its spooky moments. It did. It did. It was good until it ended. And then it ended very poorly. On on a scale from Scooby-Doo to Hereditary, where would you rank it? In spookiness. In the middle. Okay. Yeah. It kind of splits that difference. Oh, Max, I'll tell you, uh, we also started watching... Um, the Edge of Seventeen. Because mm-hmm. I know you liked it. I really liked it. Um, we I turned it off because we were tired, but uh, I don't think I'm gonna go back to that one. Really? Yeah. Main character was very annoying. Uh, Haley Seinfeld's character. Very unlikable. She's just pissed at her her friend because her friend slept with her older brother like you should be giving giving your friend a pat on the back good for her why are you being such a turd about it are you just gonna whine about this the whole movie that's the impression i got i wasn't in well it seems like she has a uh, volatile relationship with her brother uh to begin with so the fact that her best friend is now like dating him made it hard for her to be friends with her and that's that's where that's coming from it's whack. That's you need immature. to watch the the movie because the res there's resolutions to these story starting points, and I swear to God, if you don't finish this, but you finish an Australian rape fest, I am uh, gonna be a little upset. I did like Woody Harrelson's teacher. He's great. He's he just, he's he's very very humorous. Just dunks on her any chance he gets. Oh yeah. And I always I always like teachers like that high school well i think the show is realizing too like the same thing you're thinking like she's being kind of you know brat and stuff and that's what woody harrelson's character is supposed to do is to bring her down to earth by dunking on her all the time it's really good i Uh, think more and also it committed a sin with movies about teenagers where the characters do not talk like real teenagers the only movie that i think has truly nailed it is eighth grade which isn't 
like something I'd want to go back to. Mm. Yeah, I didn't like it. I still haven't finished that. Wait. Is that the one about the skateboarders? No, that, no that's, that's mid nineties. Eighth grade's about the it's, the girl, right? Yeah, just focused on the girl. Really awkward girl who. Yeah, mid nineties. Mid nineties. Tell you what, yeah. those are. I, I get PTSD watching eighth grade. <laughs> Bad experiences. Flashbacks to my childhood. <laughs> um, Tim, what did you watch? Uh, yeah, so I don't think I watched any movies, or at least any new movies I can think of. Tim, it's been um, so long. I know, right? Which is kind of concerning. I So I think I'm getting memory loss or something, but <laughs> it, like everything's just starting to blend together. Um, what are we at, like month four of this whole quarantine situation? Something like that. Yeah, it, month four. So yeah, everything just started to blur together, but... Two things I want to highlight. Uh, I watched some TV shows. Uh, Fleabag. Have any of you guys seen Fleabag? Nope. Nope. So Fleabag is an Amazon Prime original, which I'm going to bring up in the streaming section later today. Um, I do recommend watching it. So it's written by uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridges. So she's like a comedian. I think she also writes Killing Eve another TV show that, that has done pretty well. I haven't seen it. Um, she voices L3 in Solo. But um, essentially, it's a dark comedy, and it's it's done pretty well with awards. And so I was going in just expecting a British comedy, but it's, it's I mean, it's a very dark comedy. It actually gets very emotional um, with the character because she's kind of isolated. Her friend died, and um, a lot of shit's going on with her life. But I think it's, I mean, it, you get a lot of laughter in it, and you... There was one scene that I cried. I actually texted Max, and I'm like, this is the first TV show to ever make me tear up. Um, it's a really well-written movie, or a TV show. It's, it's beautifully done, um, and you really feel for the characters. So that's one that I do recommend that everyone watch. Um, you get basically everything that you need in a TV show. Yeah. Um, it's a quick watch, too. It's only 12 episodes, um, about 25 minutes apiece, so you could finish that in a weekend. Um, and I think they're done. I don't think she's writing any more episodes. So they stopped after the second season. Yeah. Um, but I, I recommend watching that. Um, and then the other one's Devs. Has any, have you, either of you seen Devs? No, no. That one was Nick Offerman. Sorry. Yeah. That is a, it's a very, uh, mind bending movie or TV show. Gosh, why do you say movie? Um, that's another one. One I do recommend watching. I'm only a few episodes in, but basically it's about um, an individual that starts working on the development side for this really large tech company. Um, and they're doing some really um, sneaky stuff, um, kind of being able to alter time and, and be able to capture anything that's ever happened mm-hmm. um, in the past. And so um, I'm not too deep into it yet, but it's, it's pretty interesting because you know, anything where you have technology and how it can alter your life and really, you know, use it to invade people's personal privacy. Um, it really takes it that next step where not only is it able to invade people's privacy, it's also able to invade people's privacy from thousands and thousands of years ago. So there's like, there's a scene where it shows them basically seeing the crucif- uh, crucifixion of Jesus. And I think 
what it's kind of going towards is um, how life is in a matrix. So it's kind of on that whole conspiracy theory where life is in a matrix and stuff, but it's very interesting. Um, good acting. It's a good watch. Um, so I started watching that. It's kind of like black mirror. You can only watch it in bits and pieces. Cause if you watch too much of it, then you get really down. So um, <laughs> I recommend it though. Yeah. Yeah, those are the two things I wanted to highlight. I don't think I've watched watched a lot of Office and a lot of Parks and Rec. Oh, that's always good to catch up on those ones again too, or give those another go around. But um, all right, cool guys. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Let's move on. Uh, I wanted to give a Hamilton review. Tim or Tanner, have you guys watched this yet? No, nope. um, I have not. No worries. Um. I won't spoil anything. No spoilers on this Hamilton review. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> what? I guess it is literally a, it's, it's a historical retelling. So I yeah. Can't... <laughs> no spoilers as to what happens to Alexander Hamilton. Just in case you didn't pay attention to eighth grade history, uh, it, <laughs> you want to know what happened to the guy. <laughs> no spoilers though. That's funny. Um, well, uh, anyways, I'm not. I don't need to go that far to the story, anyways. But um, yeah, so Hamilton, obviously the 2015 uh, uh, play musical that has been on Broadway uh, for you know, five years running now, um, made its way over to Disney Plus this past weekend, and and to be honest with you, I wasn't sure if it was ever something I was gonna like. I I I, I haven't been to any plays uh, that I have genuinely enjoyed being there for uh i had to i ha typically had to do them for either school assignments or for, because they made us go to the school play type of thing and they were never very good i remember there was one in junior high that they did tanner you may have been well, in let me let me stop you there those are junior high plays I know, but this one was actually the best experience I've ever had. It was, Tim, do you remember this one? It was the scary one. I think it was based off an Edgar Allan Poe novel. And remember they had the people the walking. Raven? Yeah, I think it may have been The Raven. Remember they had, they had the people walking. I don't think I ever went to that. And the mask. Uh, well, it was, it was actually genuinely, it was, it was, that was. I was thinking of uh, Fall of the House of Usher. Are you? That's what it is. It's the Fall of the House oh. of Usher. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim, I thought we had to go to that. I thought that was required. We had to see that. We went during the day for it or something. I might have painted the set. You know for what? That one. I think so. That one, that was actually that. genuinely a good a good play to watch. And I that was the only play I remember going to and, and enjoying being there. Um, unless I'm forgetting something. But I uh, took um go ahead. I, I took there was a class at our junior high called Intro to Stagecraft. And there was a day where um, Mr. Magnus, the theater teacher, actually had us um, work on painting some of the props and set pieces for that play. I don't know if that was the same show, but... It, it may have been. It may have been. All I know is that was... It was genuinely a good, a good one. But um, anyways, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like Hamilton for that reason. And to be honest with you, again... Within the first three minutes of the the play, I was like, "Oof, I don't know if this is going to be for me. This is coming off a little corny, um, a little a little cheesy, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to buy into this." But you get around to the really good song, "My Shot," 
which kind of opens this thing up. And then you kind of settle in. Now, what I wasn't expecting is Hamilton is entirely sung. There is not a single bit of dialogue in this that is not sung in a song. That, to me, blew me away just because of how much effort must have gone in to, to that for Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote this, uh, to, to <laughs> build this whole play around that. And um, so I wasn't expecting that. Um, but I thought the voices, for the most part, were great. I thought the acting was really well done. Um, I will say, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the main character, uh, the, as Alexander Hamilton, who, again, he wrote the music, he wrote the play, he, everything is created by him. And obviously, because of that, he wanted himself to be the lead role, so he was Alexander Hamilton. He is by far the worst part of this, this play. It is, it is by a substantial margin. His voice, his voice is a little whiny, uh, and his acting isn't that great. It, it's actually, he is virtually outclassed in every single, in almost every single moment of the play that he's in, which is funny. But he still gives a good enough performance and he's still passionate enough about the role and about, about Alexander Hamilton in general um, that, that he gives, a, you know, a performance that has a lot of heart to it. So it, you, don't, you don't end up really minding it. Um, but yeah, this thing is really, really cool. It's, it's got raps. It's got, um, it, it's got like really long ballads. It's pretty much got, you know, every single type of song you could think of. And what I love most about it is just how like the, the diverse casting of it, I thought was super, super cool. It was all, um, it, for, it was all um, minority groups that were cast in, in this if, uh, for the main leads other than one role, which is King George. Um, but it, all the leads, uh, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, uh, Jonathan, a uh, John Adams, uh, Alexander Hamilton, all minorities. And, and it was just really cool to see for me, it was really cool to see these historical figures, these founding fathers played by, uh, these people that, that, you know, that became the face of America, uh, which I just thought was with, with it being a big mixing pot and everything. So I thought it was super, super cool that way. Um, and you know, there was a lot of, a lot of humor in this some really actual like genuine belly laughs, uh, in, in this with the, with the writing and the, in the music and the songs, uh, that I was not expecting in particular King George, who's played by Jonathan Groff of Mindhunter. If you ever seen Mindhunter, Mindhunter is great. Uh, Jonathan Groff is the lead in that. And he plays King George. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he plays King George in this. And he has one, a phenomenal singing voice, which I also didn't realize this, but he is, he is, uh, uh, what uh, the main, the, the main boy character in Frozen. He voices whoever that is. And, um, uh, and obviously he does great singing with that. He's also a sprayer from what I've heard. Yeah. So I thought it was a character choice that he had him like spitting and spewing and stuff like that. turns out it was, he drinks a ton of water before he goes out on stage. Cause he wants to like show how crazy King George is by like spit and everything coming out of his mouth as he sings. Um, but his singing was hilarious. It was, I mean, it was a gr- incredible singing, but the lyrics and the acting by Jonathan Groff was genuinely hilarious. It I, brought, go ahead. I, I read that um, that's just him. That's just a hallmark of his performances. 
to the point where theater goers would joke about them needing to put in a splash zone in the first oh, really? couple rows whenever he performs. <laughs> yeah, because he just fucking spits. He spits. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, that's that, then that could definitely be it because he was there was a big old wad of spit that came out of his mouth at one point that just draped over his chin. Uh, but but uh. it was so funny. He he stole he stole every scene he was in. Um, it was it was so good but the story it really tells the whole story of alexander hamilton the play itself is about a person who isn't necessarily told a ton about in the story of the founding fathers and so he gets this whole play to himself and it's just really really good i really enjoyed myself with with this thing i was so surprised with how much i ended up enjoying it by the end there was some really great emotional bits really great funny bits uh really great just dialogue with the music um really great songs uh, i i was i was rather blown away by it I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and i definitely would recommend it to anyone who is you know stuck at home and and trying to find something to do hamilton is a great option i think you'd love it especially if it's your i mean it's it's a bit daunting it's three hours long and if you haven't watched if you have never watched a play or a musical before it could be a bit daunting at first but there is an actual intermission in the stream just to kind of give you that theater experience and you could take a break or whatever but um yeah i mean i say give it a shot it could definitely for me it's definitely got me into plays and musicals it makes me more interested in seeing them and uh yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it more of a shot. So that was Hamilton. I uh, I, I give Hamilton four out of five. I thought that was. Uh, uh, I thought it was good. It was good, and and yeah, we'll move on. Um, so yeah, uh, moving on from that. Uh, let's get into the news. Let's get into the news, and we have a lot of news topics that have come out over the past couple weeks. Um, sorry if I missed any that you guys were looking forward to hearing, but uh, I tried to cover them all, so we'll we'll touch on a lot of these. Uh, first thing up top I wanted to talk about, uh, it's in the realm of TV. Fallout, the video game series, is getting its own TV series from Amazon. Now, out of all of Bethesda's series uh, between, I guess, Elder Scrolls and Fallout, I think Fallout's probably going to be easier to adapt, but I'm looking forward to this. I want them to capture the spirit of those games. Now, I'm not even the biggest Fallout fan. I never played Fallout 3. I, I bought Fallout 4, and I, I really couldn't get into it. It just wasn't – that wasn't for me either. Um, I'm much more of an Elder Scrolls person. I played literally hundreds and hundreds of hours of Oblivion and Skyrim and Morrowind. So I think the difference between those two games never set right with me, so I never was able to get into it entirely. Uh, but Tim, I know you loved New Vegas back in the day. You played a ton of Fallout New Vegas, and I, Tanner, I don't know how you feel about that, but about, yeah. about the Fallout series. But I think this could be potential to be a really good series. I definitely want to watch it. I'm definitely interested in it. And uh, what do you guys think? Oh, I'm excited. There's going to be a lot of pauses. Tanner, when you, when you played, did you ever just pause the game just to take a breath <laughs> whenever there's a giant monster about to attack you? <laughs> No, but I did that. Um, I am curious. What channel did you say? Who's it's Amazon? Amazon Prime. Prime. Amazon. Okay. Well, what channel? Tanner, what is this? The early two thousands. <laughs> it's on up. ABC, <laughs> CBS. Um, well, yeah. I don't know why I was thinking like any kind of primetime network would adapt. Fallout, AMC but, could do it. Um, yeah. No, I was just joking because AMC, you know, uh, uh, yeah, AMC. They could, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. USA maybe, TBS. 
True TV? I'm definitely curious into checking it out. I did really like uh, Fallout 3 was my jumping on point to the franchise. Um, was, that, actually, was Fallout 3 DC? Yeah. Um, yeah, Fallout 4 is Boston. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually, Max, uh, bought my copy of Fallout 3 off your brother Chuck. Oh, yeah. Because he wanted to get Street Fighter 4, which was just coming out. Oh. So he sold Fallout 3 to me for 30 bucks, and I paid for it all in quarters, which, because uh, I thought that would be funny, and he did not, <laughs> he did not agree <laughs> with that, because then he had to buy Street Fighter at the GameStop, and half of it was in quarters. But, <laughs> Like <laughs> had to count it out at oh, the counter. My God. Um, but I liked it more than New Vegas, which I know is a hot take. How all I the diehards, all, three, all, all the diehards, love New Vegas. New Vegas was just almost unplayable for me. Like maybe, there's just too many options, too many decisions. Well, and just like performance-wise, I don't know if that's just like a console issue, but the thing was constantly crashing and glitching out and mm -hmm. i didn't think the mojave setting was as interesting as you know the ruins of washington dc mm -hmm. and i guess it had a little more i don't know of a classic rpg feel but i don't know it just wasn't it didn't hit as hard uh, and then yeah. fallout 4 a lot well, of people, was fun. I also really liked it. A lot of people criticize it because it further stripped down, you know, RPG uh, I think the, mechanics. The annoying part was like they, the one of the major things they added was being able to like develop your base. I never really got into that though. Yeah. There's some cool mods for it that make it a lot better and like mm -hmm. automatic, but um. <laughs> So, you know, Fallout 3 New Vegas had these very, like, a long list of dialogue options that, you know, could be affected by your skills and this or that. Um, and then Fallout 4 was just four options to any given, you know, interaction. And mm -hmm. the joke was the options were, like, yes, sarcastic yes, I don't know, but yes, and then no, <laughs> but actually yes. <laughs> like... Like, you really, and they did some update that basically broke the game on consoles. Like, I cannot step foot into Boston proper without the game crashing. And I know that's not just an issue I have, but um, they basically made their own game unplayable, which is a shame because I really liked it anyways. But mm -hmm. as far as being a show, um, I, I it seems like they're really just adapting an aesthetic more than like a story. Um, I think that's the thing I like about it, though. Is, I mean, they're the aesthetic is cool. The environment's awesome. I yeah. mean, the background's pretty interesting, and there's so much room and possibility that they can really explore on. Like they could, you know, go to a different city or really go anywhere around the world oh, and, yeah i guess and, with the fall, um, i guess probably in the u.s yeah and, there's a lot of interesting things they can do there i guarantee you i guarantee you each episode is going to be split between the characters walking around doing something cool in the wasteland and then 
a flashback to their life in the vault, which will be far less interesting. Yeah. That's exactly how really the show's going to go. You heard what it if, here uh, folks. What if they developed it like Bandersnatch and they allowed the audience to make a decision? Kind of like in, uh, I mean, the that. game, you get to choose the faction. <laughs> you would hate that. You would? I, yes. I would kind of like that. If they developed it out, Maybe if they did like an episode story. You're just, it's not like a show or a movie at that point. It's just a really bad video game. That's true. What they could do, what they could do is like the season finale or the series finale, who knows, the very last one is where you, you as the audience choose the faction you want to be a part of. Because that's always one of the key elements of the game is you get introduced to these different organizations, these factions and then you do these quests with them and figure out who you want to actually align yourself with. And I think that could be really interesting if, if they take the 10 series or 10 episode series and the nine episodes is introducing you to the wasteland, the different factions. And in the last episode, people choose what they do. And then, you know, when you're talking with people, like, what'd you think of the season finale? You're talking and you're like, well, this is what I got. Someone else did something completely but different. Then, I think that would be pretty but then interesting. Then you couldn't feasibly have a season two. You would have to film an alternate episode for each possible Just do a choice. different location. Just go to a different city. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe. All right. Well, I think that would be <laughs> an interesting take. Because, I mean, Bandersnatch, say what you will, it, I enjoyed the, the idea behind it. I mean, it's it's something new. It's something fresh. Really gives you a different mood or uh, viewing experience. And I think Fallout's one of those games that would be perfect for it. You could really elaborate on that and, and give your audience more control. Yeah, and it just I seems like say, something Amazon would do as well. I would say if they did like a an episode of that or something, I wouldn't necessarily mind it. But yeah, if they do it like every episode or something, then at that point it just becomes a a point and click adventure game and it, it's just like the batman telltale series or you know any of those telltale game studios uh that that do those type of games um but yeah i, I see what you're saying though tim it's definitely an interesting premise and i wouldn't be opposed to trying uh, seeing something like that but um i would probably i think i'd probably just prefer a straight up story that being told in yeah. the traditional sense um moving right along uh this one this headline came across and this might be you know which is which is crazy and and this year this might be one of the most uh bombastic headlines i have seen this year and that is jace momoa is going to play frosty the snowman in a live action frosty the snowman movie um why i don't know what is the thinking well, I, behind dude, this? i already know what they're doing they're they're going they're not gonna have it's not gonna be like this light-hearted frosty the snowman movie it's gonna be like some sort of adult humored uh a thing that's in the, in the same vein of like uh of what's that seth rogan animated movie wiener show or something what is that called wiener show yeah <laughs> Seth Rogen's Wiener Show. We all saw What was that, that called? The Wiener Show? It was the, called The Wiener Show or Sausage something like that. Sausage Party. Sausage Party. <laughs> Wiener Show. Uh, it's going to be like that vein where it's like, oh, it comes off Kitty, but, you know, Jim's coming home and Frosty's going to be running a train on his wife. It, it, you know, something like Can that. run a one-man train? Yeah. 
anyways, I don't think <laughs> like they would take the a classic Christmas story and go like a dumb stoner comedy route. With I, it. I hope they don't. I mean, I, I mean, if here's the thing. I hope they don't, but if they aren't doing that, what are, why? Why are we having, why are we getting this? It's like, it's so, I mean, if it was an animated movie, like in the same vein as The Grinch, then uh, that just, a Grinch animated movie that came out not too long ago. Wait, is it not animated? No, I believe it's like live action and Jace Momoa is going to be playing Frosty the Snowman and probably not a mocap suit. He's probably just going to be voicing a CGI Frosty the Snowman. Uh... <laughs> Are we sure about this? I'm almost positive. I am almost positive. Let's look this up. It's live action. Yeah, there uh, it is. <laughs> it just got way worse. Well, even then, okay, I still don't understand why Jason Momoa, unless he's producing this movie, and this is like some bizarre passion project of his. Because when you think of <laughs> imagine Jason your Momoa, passion being Frosty the Snowman. When you think of Jason Momoa, do you think about his voice or his line delivery? Is that what comes to mind? Oh, I think of those rock hard abs. Yeah, like. What on, about uh, Aquaman hanging dong and Aquaman 2? This is just such like a um like some studio boardroom kind of casting decision. Yeah, uh well it's it's being produced by Jeff Johns who's very involved with DC, so I'm assuming Jason Momoa and Jeff Johns have uh you know a close relationship of some kind and uh this came about probably when they're you know shooting the shit or something like that on set one day on justice league or aquaman and uh they just thought that'd be funny and then they pitched it and then they somehow got it approved i have no idea but uh, let's not spend any more time on that than we have to because i want that uh i want that moved <laughs> i don't want it, we don't need to talk about it much longer but we will when it comes about i'm sure um Okay, moving along, moving along. Aaron Sorkin is set to write the Lucille Ball biopic uh, starring Kate Blanchett. Now, apparently this is Kate Blanchett's like project that she's been trying to get going. Uh, Aaron Sorkin, uh, I don't know if he just recently came on board, but is going to write this movie. For me, Aaron Sorkin is my favorite writer in Hollywood. Uh, his, uh, like I said to you guys, his last game, his last movie wasn't, as big of a hit for me as I as I was hoping, uh, Molly's game, but the dialogue was still there. The classic Aaron, you know, Aaron Sorkin, you know, back and forth, quick, fast paced, walk and talk dialogue um, was there, and and uh, that's everything I've I've always loved, especially in the Social Network, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and growing up watching I Love Lucy with my mom all the time, uh, I have a, a general interest in, in Lucille Ball's life and, and seeing what uh, what that was all about. So uh, with with those two interests co combined, I think it's going to be set up for a movie I'll definitely be uh, renting on Redbox one day for a dollar. Yeah. Um, I like Aaron Sorkin a lot. Like you said, The Social Network, I think, is great. Um, his Steve Jobs movie was also really good. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of others. I did not see Molly's game. Um, 
I do like how in internet discussion, people always seem to talk about his dialogue, which I think is the most enjoyable thing about in Aaron Sorkin's script, um, which is what he, you know, focuses most on. Um, people talk about how like unbelievable it is, how it's like, you know, if everyone immediately said the very smart and funny thing that you would normally take, you know, you would think of like 10 minutes after you had the conversation mm -hmm. where you're like, Oh, I should have said that. But, and then on the other hand, people always talk about like Tarantino's dialogue, which I don't think is any more believable. And maybe this is a dumb comparison that I just have in my head, mm -hmm. but um, it's like Tarantino dialogue is if everyone was unbelievably like cool yeah and then sorkin dialogue is like if everyone was unbelievably smart and witty. <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> yeah um i don't know that, that actually you make a great point there like they're always like they always have the right thing to say right when it's when it's meant to happen like it's not real life but yeah it rarely is that real life when someone can just be so responsive with the perfect thing to say and you know it doesn't matter i, I think things in movies don't have to be um realistic they just have to be believable within its own context yeah and and i feel um, like he does that for sure and so yeah that's just a part of a sorkin movie is that kind of uh bing bang boom dialogue yeah absolutely um yeah so yeah exciting exciting stuff there I, i'll definitely keep an eye on that um, moving on to the next topic here, Ryan Gosling's Wolfman is going forward with the director of The Invisible Man. So uh, the the dark, what was once before the Dark Universe with Johnny Depp and Tom Cruise and it's not Depp. Them, it, it, it all that it is no longer going to be starring any of those people, and it's going forward with just this director doing all of them, I guess, and, and repurposing these new. Uh, horror characters. Um, I'm more interested in Wolfman than I was the Invisible Man. So I'll and I like Ryan Gosling enough uh, to definitely give it a shot. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, quick thoughts on that, Tanner? I uh, I'm definitely interested. I love Ryan Gosling. I, I like werewolves. Did you like the Invisible Man? I have not seen it yet. I Paige saw it. She loved it. I've heard it's really good. Um, the only I probably would have seen it in theaters if you know corona didn't happen um i might rent it on streaming sooner or later uh the only thing that's put me off is i really don't like elizabeth moss mm. i i don't have a good i feel like everyone has that actor or actress they just dislike regardless of how good they actually are there's just something like puts me off about it and mm -hmm. she has that quality for me <laughs> like i i do not want to watch anything she's in i didn't realize she's um, casting this yeah she's like the lead so i'm gonna have to get over that mm. um but i do want to watch it sure tim any thoughts uh i mean yeah i i always enjoy ryan gosling as an actor and anything he does so i think it'll be interesting uh, Blumhouse seems to make pretty good horror movies too. So, I mean, Invisible Man, I thought was going to be terrible, but it actually ended up getting really good reviews. So I don't think, um, who's the director for that? 
Invisible Man. I mean, regardless, I think uh, I think it's uh, I think I'm I'm interested. Wolfman will be an interesting. It's directed by Lee Wannell. Wannell. Something like that. Also leading head helming the Wolfman. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff they can do with it too. Kind of in the whole perspective of how he's dealing with being half man, half wolf. I hope they I hope they do something fun with it though. With all these like classic, you know, horror movie villains, like I don't want them to take a serious horror tone with all of them. I think there's some room for like to have some fun with those characters. Um, so I, I hope they do something like that and not take themselves so seriously. Uh, but maybe they will, because those obviously these characters back in the day they were taken very seriously. So hopefully I don't know. Hopefully they can find a good balance um, that, that f- for me would be more appealing, but we'll, I, we'll just have to wait and see. I, think, I'm sure. Um, did I think make... David Thewlis is going to be in it. Oh, Ooh. wait, not, are you joking? <laughs> You're joking. I'm joking. I was like, ah, the old also, Harry Potter werewolf. Bad werewolves, bad werewolves in Harry Potter. Bad werewolves. And oh Yeah. yeah very strange looking i don't know what alfonso curon was thinking in terms of like the direction there with that uh of why they chose to make him this lanky pale man with long <laughs> long fingers but i'll say they got the transformation right the transformation is horrifying you know who has the best werewolves what we do in the shadows <laughs> those are they're okay um twilight definitely has the worst where it's just a really big wolf like, yeah, yeah. It's not like an actual like monster or anything of yeah, any kind. No, awful, stupid. I love werewolves. You know, I love vampires. I hate what that series did to those two things in the public eye. <laughs> or those monsters flicks are still trying to crawl out from underneath the collapse that was the Twilight saga. Like, you still cannot have anything with those two in it without people making Twilight jokes. Really? I feel like that's moved on by now. No, I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe not. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, it's probably just me because I haven't seen a single Twilight movie from beginning to end in my entire life. So uh, I actually started watching all of them with my fiance. We, uh, I didn't know there were five in total. I thought there was only three. Because there's only three books. No, they split two of those bitches into two movies. No, I think there's four books. There's four books. The last one is is two movies, yeah. Yeah. Twilight, Twilight New Moon, Twilight Bloodfest, and Twilight Sucked My Sack. uh, Those those ones were, yeah, the the subtitle was Sucked My Sack. I can't remember, because I haven't been on a lot of uh, episodes over the past, you know, pandemic, but... Uh, I don't know if I brought it up, but that would those movies were an experience. I'll I'll give you that. Just give me that. Um, okay, uh, let's go on to the next the next topic here. Uh, this one in relation to Marvel news uh, for Captain America or yeah no 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 Falcon and the Winter Soldier the upcoming Disney Plus 
TV show. Uh, one thing, Anthony Mackie said that they're shooting this like a movie. It's budgeted like a movie, and it's going to feel like a movie. It's going to feel like a six-hour Marvel movie, and not a, and rather rather than a TV show, which I think is That's interesting. That's what they all say. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see because I, even though I love the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian didn't feel like a eight-part, an eight-hour Star Wars movie. It felt like a TV show to me. Felt um, like an eight-hour fan film. It did no no it did not do that but uh but hey teach their own opinion uh, <laughs> um uh but daniel Bruhl, who is playing zemo reprising his role as zemo again uh as he did in captain america civil war is coming back and he said it, it and it's been officially i mean with a leaked screenshot or not even leaked they just put it out this little blurry screenshot of him on a like a security cam or something wearing the infamous purple mask that he wears in the comics yeah um, i could give a shit i don't know anything about zemo yeah. but i will say this i thought his arc came to a pretty satisfying end at the end of civil war it kind of like showed what his motivations were and why he had those motivations and they weren't necessarily entirely evil uh even though what he was doing was evil he, he didn't come off like he was it just he came off like someone who is who is a, a good person who's who went who bad things happened to type of thing and and there was a resolving arc at the end of that movie that I actually quite enjoyed. So they're bringing him back. And D Daniel Bruhl says, there's he quote, there's a lot that's left. There's been a lot that's left undone. And I'm like, ah, why are we bringing him back though? Cause I felt like his, his ending in that was good as it was. And like, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. They're going full evil genius with this guy. I don't know if y'all have any opinions on this, but uh, what do you, what do you think Tanner and Tim? What do you, what do you guys got? Cause I know you both uh, love civil war. I don't, I don't have. I don't know much gone. about the character, yeah, yeah. But, but I like the actor. I thought the character he was you know more... in Civil War, though, right? Well, yeah, yeah, but but like the comics, I don't know much about him. I thought he was one of the more effective and memorable Marvel villains, so I'm just kind of glad he's going to get some more action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'm excited for the shows, though. Uh, I, I you know. I'm not a, the biggest Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, but I think the shows have potential, and and I do want to see them. I wish they didn't do Falcon and Winter Soldier first. Like, why didn't they feed us up one of the heroes? Like, they announced Moon Knight and She-Hulk and you know, all these other shitty heroes that are getting their TV show. <laughs> and uh, uh, you don't like Moon Knight? No, I'm joking. I'm sure they're fine. But uh, they were announcing all these other characters, and like, awesome, sweet, and they're like, yeah. But how about these guys you've already heard of before getting their shows first? And it's like, well, no. Like, I, I, know, I don't care that much about Falcon and Winter Soldier and Hawkeye. Like, give me some of these new characters that I can get into. So I was a little bummed by that. But, you know, what are you going to do? I'm not Bob. Well, I think it's, all about, Bob it's all about bridging the gap. It's all about bridging the gap. You can't just completely toss them aside. Oh, I know. I was saying they can get their TV shows. I just wish Moon Knight or like She-Hulk or one of these new characters who we haven't seen yet were on the the, the front and, and first to get their one of their shows out there to kind of reinvigorate the fan base with the new character rather than just giving us what we already know. Um, maybe that I mean maybe that's just me, but that's just kind of how I feel about that. But yeah, whatever. Well, I'll still watch it. Anyways. Um, 
so also Halloween Kills, this movie uh, released a teaser last night and also announced that it is getting pushed back a full year to next October. Um, the remake Halloween, I actually enjoyed. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. It's a, it's a great spooky time flick. And I was looking forward to these sequels uh, in the teaser. The teaser was good. It's going to it kind of hints at how he lives and, and what it's hinting at is the house that is already fully engulfed in flames and has been engulfed in flames for like at least 10 minutes and going on 10 minutes yeah. uh, has fire a fire department in the teaser. The fire trucks blare by Lori Strode who's riding in the back of a truck and she starts screaming, no, let him burn. And I'm like, Lori, he's been in there for 20 minutes and that house is at least 2000 degrees by now. There's no way they're going to save him. But the movie is hitting mask is fireproof. Yeah, his mask, his whole body. Yeah, you know what? That whole body suit and everything he's wearing is actually flame retardant. So he just laid down in the middle of the floor and just waited for that shit to burn out. Um, as long as you don't let the smoke in your lungs, you're good. But, you know, I suppose with these type of horror movies, yeah, he held his breath for an incredible amount of time. I guess with these horror movies, there's obviously the suspension of disbelief, but it seems like this is kind of a classic trope with Halloween that Michael seemingly is invincible and cannot die. Now they are doing a trilogy of these films they announced, so we know he's not going to die in the sequel either. So that means... I don't know if they're like, hey, we're going to actually end the arc in the third movie and actually kill him and, and put it down. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. But what did you guys think? Did you watch the teaser? Do you guys, are you looking forward to this movie at all? Did you watch the other Halloween? I saw um, the one from a couple years ago. I thought it was okay. Uh, I'm. I don't know. I I can't say I'm at all interested <laughs> in the series yeah. moving forward. That's, that's fair. I, I I've, I I've never it. seen a Halloween. Yeah, I, I think Tim. If you were to start, I mean, you should just watch the original, and then after that, I don't even think there's any other movies in the Halloween franchise no. that are worth watching other than the first one until you till this this one that came out about two years ago. I think is good enough for a watch. Um, but but yeah. Um. Yeah, so that, that teaser was dropped. Uh, definitely go check that out if you haven't uh, and, and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, next story as well. Uh, good Lord, man. We're almost done. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stories. That, uh, yeah, in the we're, uh, we're past an hour now. We're running long. Um, Ready Player Two, the book was announced. It is getting published in November. Kind of a <laughs> shocking announcement. And is a movie coming as well. Now, I started reading the book. I actually was enjoying the book m more. Now, a lot of people can't let people enjoy things. So they're like, oh, the book is just, uh, it's fan service. It's just a, a, a little boy writing his daydreams now. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's a fun book. It sold really well. And I was enjoying the book, but I did actually finish it. The movie for me, I thought was, I, I, I thought was terrible. <laughs> like, I, I was like 20 minutes in that movie and I absolutely hated it. Tim, I know you loved Ready Player One. Um, but I was I just like, I was so, I was just like, this is not a good movie for me. Not enjoying it. And I was ready to get out of that theater when it was over. Do you guys have any thoughts on Ready Player One and potential sequel to Ready Player One in the theater is Ready Player Two? Uh, I doubt they make a sequel. Really? But I'm excited to read the book. Yeah. I need to read the first one, though. Yeah. But, I have some people in my life who have tried to get me to read the book. 
many, many times and I haven't. I saw the movie and it just wasn't my thing. I am not about the whole, I want the, the 80s retro nostalgia bubble we're in to, to burst. I'm tired of it. Hey, I still love Stranger Things, though. So I, I, I actually love the 80s nostalgia shit. I, I eat that up. I am a avid consumer of the 80s nostalgia things. Dude, aesthetically, uh, the 80s were hideous. They were, but there's something about that vibe. What? We, we don't know the vibe. We weren't the vibe. alive. The Tanner, the vibe. There is no vibe. Oh, the man. rocker, random colors, random hairdos. Yeah. I don't know. I love the, the synth, the synth music. Mm-hmm. You know all that. Yep. Give me more synth. I could give me more. Um, yeah. Anyways, Ready Player Two being published in November. It was such a simpler time. I mean, back then all we had to worry about was the Soviet Union. Yep. And the now we've got COVID nineteen, China, North what Korea. I would do, what I would do to take a portal back to those shopping malls. Um, next back topic. in the 80s, people thought they were going to get nuked every day of their lives. What are you talking about? Oh, they knew that wasn't going to happen. At least it would be quicker. It would be quick. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, moving right along. Shirley is there, and we'll be back as Furiosa. Mad Max hell, uh, Fury Road is really good. Uh, Furiosa is a cool character. really don't care that Charlie's there and isn't playing her anymore because it's a prequel. It's a prequel movie based on Furiosa's life. Uh, if we get more movies set in that Fury Road universe, I would look forward to it. Uh, any thoughts, guys? Nope. All right. I heard the last scene is showing her how her arm gets cut off. You've heard that already? That seems like very early for some sort of rumor like that. No, I said I bet that's what happened. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, now, the last big topic of the day and the final topic in general uh, for today's news, Margot Robbie has been cast as, a, as the lead in a new Pirates of the Caribbean universe movie. It's a spinoff. It's not a reboot. It's not a sequel. It's a spinoff from the established Pirates of the Caribbean universe from movies one through five starring Margot Robbie. Now, this is separate than the rumored Pirates of the Caribbean six that is going to have uh, now potentially the, the people are saying Johnny Depp will return as Jack Sparrow now that all that stuff about Amber Heard has been proven is, is pretty much everyone is turning the tide like yeah Amber Heard's crazy and Johnny Depp was actually very very innocent throughout the, I mean I'm not gonna say he was 100% innocent of like you know being a you know a good spouse or something uh-huh. but he clearly does not seem like he was the abusive monster Amber Heard made him out to be and clearly it's much more the opposite that Amber Heard was actually a horrible horrible person and uh she shit on his bed shit on his bed cut off his fingertip threw shit at him uh it it's she is an absolute maniac and uh Johnny poor Johnny that damn near has lost his career from it and um and it's funny, it's funny because, you know, we were all wondering, J.K. Rowling, who is, a, a, and not before I preface Who is doing her best. Who is doing her canceled. best. Yeah. Uh, who, who we thought, again, there's no, there's no politicizing this. The abuse of women is 100% wrong always. I don't give a shit what party you are. If you have any disagreement, please unsubscribe and go away forever. But someone who was, ex- who was extremely liberal like J.K. Rowling was, when she cast Johnny Depp, there was major backlash. But she was like, I was satisfied with my meeting with Johnny Depp as as to what happened in that relationship. And that's why I decided to go forward with casting him. And now we know why. Because he's like, 
uh, here is all the proof in the world that you want that this is not me. <laughs> this is, uh, I did not do anything. And this is all lies. And she was obviously satisfied with that. So J.K. Rowling is probably known but, longer than everyone. And now she is a, uh, outed herself as a big old transphobe. So, you know, well, <laughs> <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly right. Exactly right. Um, but guys, one, uh, Margot Robbie is a huge star. I, I love her as an actress. She's great. Um, and I'm super excited for what whatever she c- could do in the Pirates of the Caribbean universe. The fact that this is something that her and the Birds of Prey writer teamed up to make m- meant that they obviously enjoy the Pirates of the Caribbean universe enough that they're like, we have this idea. Let's team up on this and let's do this together. That makes me excited. Uh, it's been a long, I mean, it hasn't happened. It, it probably since the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies where someone with actual passion for the franchise made a movie for that franchise. Uh, so it got me really fired up as Pirates of the Caribbean is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, in the one through three trilogy, I absolutely adore. It's one of my favorite things on <laughs> ever. And, um, and uh, four was okay, and five I did not like at all. Uh, different writers, different directors, that can happen. Um, but yeah, guys, what do you think? Margot Robbie and a Pirates of the Caribbean universe, do, do we think that Disney is potentially like seen, like, hey, we have Star Wars, we have Marvel. What is the other big franchise that isn't getting enough love? What can we, what's the other franchise we could play into being this even next massive thing? Pirates of the Caribbean is already a huge mega franchise anyways. I'm excited about this. Do you think Disney is kind of going more all in on Pirates of the Caribbean? What do you think about Margot Robbie's movie? There's no details on it yet, but what do you think of that casting choice? Oh, Tim, you muted. Whoops. I think Disney just wants more money. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'd compare. I don't think we could say Pirates of the Caribbean will ever be in the same tier as Star Wars or Marvel. But I, all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies made more than Solo, which I, I, I will I'm just throwing that out there, but that was something that happened. But I I think um now that you know the Skywalker saga has wrapped up, uh Star Wars is on the back burner for a little bit as far as theatrical films go. And then um the MCU is kind of trying to wind back up from Endgame. Um, yeah, I think they are kind of trying to bust out their other mega franchise to see uh, what else can do some work. Yeah. And I want to see them do, and what's great about the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise too, and a lot of people haven't watched these movies again, and they may have seen the first one again because it was its own contained story, and two and three just built off that contained story, and then four and five have been their own contained story again. Five was so bad. Five was bad because they the, the writers didn't understand, they didn't understand the lore. They They actually, in a sequel wrote plot holes into the damn sequel. It was, not that that's the first time that's ever happened, but there was clear and obtuse plot holes that were like, no, this is not how Jack did get, got this stuff. It's, this is not in the lore at all. The past four movies clearly were, you know, showed this and they're just like, for some reason, like, Oh, you know what? We don't need to watch those movies or understand anything about the lore. We're just going to write our own shit. And if it, if it works, it works. If it has plot holes, it has plot holes. Um, but what's great about this franchise, if you go back and watch it, it's, the places that they take you, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but uh, Singapore, the pirate, the pirate uh, area in Singapore was 
awesome. Like that dark, dingy, lantern lit, uh, just hole in the world that just that was just a cool place. You just wish you could go hang out there and see what was what was going on in the bars and the areas. And uh shipwreck cove where they go into this island and it's thousands of ships stacked on top of each other from shipwrecks and they've built this mini community out of that where you just wonder like i wonder what taverns are in there and what 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 places are in this whole stack of of pirate coves uh, of pirate ships and jv jones locker they take you to all these places with so much with so much mood and atmosphere and i want them to kind of get back to that those type of things and i wouldn't mind if they you know since margot robbie's from australia if they did like an australian pirate movie and they maybe take over a ship with a captain let's say captain philip and and uh you mean tom hanks they take over the crew and you know, there's a daring escape, and then the British Navy comes in and rescues Captain Philip from the pirates. Something like that, maybe. Um, but, anyways, yeah, I, I, I want them, I want them to do something that's that's fun and unique, a new world, set that atmosphere, set that tone, and uh, yeah, build this universe out, flesh it out. There's there's so much you can do with this, with all the mythical creatures and the the mythical elements they brought into it. I think it has endless amounts of fun uh, to, to be had, and I definitely want them to uh, to to go into that. And that same thing with Pirates of the Caribbean Six. I hope they get back to like what made the trilogy great. And Karen Gillan apparently is coming in to be the lead in Pirates of the Caribbean Six, and Johnny Depp is coming back as supporting as Captain Jack, who I think he actually works best as a supporting character, supporting slash main character. Um, but this got me fired up about the franchise again, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. I think with all these, this, with that news, um, and them being clear to say that this is separate from Pirates of the Caribbean 6, shows they're developing both, and shows that they are definitely fleshing out this franchise. So um, that's it for the Pirates of the Caribbean news, and that's it for uh, all of our news of the day. So that was a lot to go over, man. Two weeks, this past two weeks has been some of the best movie news week <laughs> weeks in forever. So uh, definitely, definitely good to go over all those, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Um, let's go into our next segment here. Stream it. Uh, we're all stuck at home. Cases are rising. People are doing quarantine again. Uh, that's why I wanted to put this in here. These are movies and TV shows that we think you should stream uh, at home to get the most enjoyment out of your days on the couch. For me, what I want you to stream, Greyhound, which is coming out soon. Tom Hanks. It's on Apple TV, uh, Apple TV Plus, rather. I have not seen this movie yet, obviously, uh, and I'm planning on it, though. And, it, you know, it's one of the first, like, movies that Tom Hanks has done that I think has gone straight to streaming. And it was an original project, kind of a passion project that Tom Hanks's. I think he directs it, too. Uh, and because of the COVID-19 situation, he was not able to release it in theaters. Apple bought the rights to it. They're releasing it on Apple TV+. Plus. Definitely check that out. I think that would be a great movie night movie. Settle in with some popcorn and enjoy that. And then the, my TV show recommendation... That's just a lot of fun for me. It's just it's just a blast. Is the the TV show Floor is Lava on Netflix? It's a reality TV game show, uh, much in the same vein as um, 
as that one show that was on ABC a long time ago, the water park one, I can't remember what it was called, kind of in, in some of the same vein as American Ninja Warrior. And essentially, it's what the show is. It's what we were, what we played as kids. You can't touch the floor. They've filled the floor in this, in this, in each room. They fill the floor with like four feet of red dyed water uh, and made it glow, so it looks like lava. And they set the room up like a different rooms. So one episode it's the kitchen. One episode it's the den. One episode it's the library. And you have to navigate your way across these obstacles and not fall into the lava it's it's difficult uh it's, it's super challenging it's hilarious it is genuinely funny to watch and um i i really can't recommend it enough the host is great uh, who who uh who narrates it it's just a blast to watch it's a great family show and it's just a great layback enjoy yourself it's a good time so floor is lava on netflix Greyhound on Apple TV. Tanner, what are your recommendations to stream this week? You know, I um, forgot about the segment and didn't really. Do Tanner wants you to stream. Um, I uh, Jesus. Um, Come on, Tanner. Just say something. Uh, the Office. Tanner wants you to stream The Office, no. and he also wants you to stream. Never heard of it. Ridiculous Six, starring Adam Sandler and rob schneider of course. Um, <laughs> i feel like i feel like at this point everyone has had to have seen that if you haven't then clearly, clearly don't like movies <laughs> uh tim what do you recommend to stream this week <clears throat> so um i'm looking at some of the streaming services right now prime um highly recommend this this is a this is a series um actually did really well um twilight all the twilight movies are on amazon Prime. son of a bitch <laughs> all, all four of them uh, no but in all seriousness uh knives out that's on amazon prime i think it was recently added if you haven't seen it it's a very good thriller uh mystery movie um i thoroughly enjoyed it last year um again my top three favorite movies at least top five um that for tv shows i would say Fleabag, referenced that earlier, um, also on Amazon Prime. What We Do in the Shadows, that TV show is hilarious. Uh, not as good as the movie, but it's, it's, it's different. Um, still extremely hilarious. Uh, that's on Hulu uh, from FX. Um, so those are the two shows that I recommend. Good stuff. Awesome. Guys, and then, thank you. Again, watch, watch Twilight. Watch, watch. Be sure, be sure you check out Twilight. Uh, be sure. That's the that's the definitely. Actually, I'd say it's the point of this whole podcast. Um, and with that, it's time to move on to the last segment of the day. A brand new segment on the Cinemaxic podcast. It is time for the Cinemaxic game show. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm imagining Jay is gonna put. I want him to put like one of those, you know, one of those like, dun dun dun, you know, one of those theme songs in there. I want that to break up this segment for this part. On today's version of the Cinemaxic Game Show, we are going to play Guess the Movie based off the bad review. We scoured the internet for bad reviews. IMDb, Letterboxd, Metacritic, wherever you could find them. 
And here is the object of the game. You find a movie, three movies. You choose three movies. You go and find the best review that you could find for that movie. And you read that review, how that goes. Let's say I go first. I will read this review. I will redact any character names or actor names or movie titles from the review. And as I read it, Tanner and Tim will be thinking, what movie could this be? After I'm done reading it, we will count to three. Tanner and Tim will put their answers in the chat at the same time. Whoever gets it right gets a point. If Tanner or Tim both get it right, they both get a point. If Tanner gets it right and Tim gets it wrong, Tanner gets that point. They get three guesses. After their three guesses, I start giving hints for the movie. And whoever guesses it first by just saying it aloud gets a point. First one with the most points at the end of the game wins. And it's going to go around the table. So Tanner has three movies. I have three movies. Tim has three movies. Let's get it going. Let me grab a pen because I want to make sure that I'm checking this off correctly. <clears throat> Guys, are you ready for this game? Do you have your movie selected? Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. All righty. Let me just whip out the old notebooklet here. Let me just put down, let's see here. Tanner. Tim. And Max. Okay. Who shall go first? I can start off. So I just read it, and then you guys are going to chat it to me. Uh, we're gonna just publicly chat. It. We're just gonna put. We're gonna put it in the public chat. Well, when I'm on chat, it only shows you Max, and it says click. Private. Click on the down arrow next to my name, and it's gonna show. You everything. have to. You have to change your chat settings, Max. What? Oh, everyone publicly. There you go. All right. There we go. All right. So for the first one. <clears throat> this is the review. Um, the title of it is, Do Not Fool Yourselves, There's No Deep Meaning in This Movie. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I went to see said movie, excited about a potentially unique movie. Unfortunately, the movie does not live up to its hype. This story just feels like an attempt to have people find depth and symbolism where there is none. The continuous use of fart noises and the constant corpse boners are a slap in the face for anyone who wants to claim to have found a meaning to the story. It truly feels like the movie goes out of its way to add the most absurd elements into the mix just to show how people can make up all of these findings. Like painting cans of soup to prove a point, this movie shows how nowadays you can get away with anything as long as there are people who believe their artistic and intellectual abilities can justify a complete and utterly disastrous movie. There has to be a reason why the last line of the movie is, what the fuck? And I believe that reason is just to slap your face one last time before exiting the theater. Oh my God, that's really good too. Can we... I, I, love, I love these times. The, this, this is what I wanted because you redacted the title, but you still leave something in there like it ends with what the fuck. So it gives us a, a chance to kind of understand. Shit, uh, give me, okay, we get, we get 30 seconds. Fart noises. We get 30 seconds to, to, to think. Uh, Tim, start counting down. Uh, okay. Uh, 30. There's only one movie this could be. I can't think of it. Dude, I, I don't know. Tanner knows what it is. He yeah, knows what we... it is. Uh, I'm, okay. Uh, 20 seconds left. All right. Three. This is. Two, or you put in the chat, and we enter it one, uh, enter it after I say one. Three, okay. two, one. 
Yep, Tanner got it. Oh, Swiss, Swiss Army, Army Man. Man. Oh. <clears throat> yep. The oh. fart noises and. <laughs> oh. Man, I didn't. Well, I, Tanner. I completely forgot that that movie ended with that. Oh. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. <laughs> so what gave crazy. it away was the fart noises and the corpse boners. <laughs> yeah. There's only one movie. Oh, you said corpse boners? I missed that. I didn't hear corpse boners. Oh, oh. I may have had a shot at that. I missed corpse boners. All right. Tim, well next done, movie. Oh, I'm doing all three of mine? Okay. Or, or we, um, what do you guys think? Should we do all three of each at once, or should we rotate? Let's rotate. Let's rotate. My turn. All right, Tanner, go ahead. Okay. So uh, this is taken from Letterboxd. It is a two-star review. Uh, technically, this movie executes and extends a gripping action movie scene into a feature-length <laughs> quote-unquote Birdman form. However, months later, I still hold the view that this form detract from actually connecting with the characters on a deeper level, more than of their current surroundings. First review, maybe I'll ease up. Oh, wow. That is, that is short and sweet. Um, can, you, can you repeat that one more time? Can you repeat? The whole thing? Yes. Repeat. Okay, uh, technically movie executes and extends a gripping action movie scene into a feature-length Birdman form. However, months later, I still hold the view that this form detract from actually connecting with the characters on a deeper level, more than of their current surroundings. First review, maybe I'll ease up. This is probably unfair, but... Jesus, <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> uh, I don't know what Birdman form means. Uh, I have I have absolutely I have no idea. Hold on, you guys gotta guess very soon. I'm gonna count down. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. Yep, 1917. Tim <laughs> got it. Jack Reacher is what <laughs> I what Birdman for me. <laughs> like a Continuous single take. take. Like it's edited that's, to look like. That's what, that's oh, what that's what Birdman did. Damn it, guys. Yeah. I suck. All right. All right. My turn. All right. <laughs> Tim and Tanner with one point, Max with none. All right. <clears throat> this is a one star review from IMDb. Why do people love this movie? This movie is not only completely unrealistic, it's also boring. Almost everyone I know who saw this movie and wasn't middle-aged said they liked the movie, but it was too long and kind of too boring. Does that make sense? When looking back at this movie, did it really give you anything back? This movie is illogical, stupid, pointless, and um, like before I go too, too redundant, annoying. I was hoping that, redacted, would die in the war or like get hit by a car when he was running. That would have been hilarious, and this movie could have been up there with Toxic Avenger and Brain Dead. And the Academy Awards are a joke. They don't recognize really good movies usually, and I'm still shocked that American Beauty won since it was actually deserved the Oscar. I seriously think that Demolition Man or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a better movie. At least Wesley Snipes had a cool hairstyle. Go rent a classic like Vanilla Ice's Cool as Ice or Chud. Redacted sucks, and it isn't. And isn't he more like an antihero? I'd rather have Leatherface or Toxic Avenger, but who doesn't root for them anyway? 
Wow. Um, yeah, it was a long one. <laughs> All of my reviews are long. <laughs> I have no idea. So Wesley Snipes is in it? I'll go over this. I'll, 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 let's do a repeat. The major league? Let's do a repeat. Why do people like this movie? This movie is not only completely unrealistic, it's also boring. Almost everyone I know nope. who saw this movie and wasn't middle-aged nope. said they no, like... No, 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 I what? think I know what it is. I'm ready to guess. Tanner, do you, t- Tim, do you want to use a repeat? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's do a repeat. Let's do a re- I'll, I'll fly through it. Why do people love this movie? This movie is not only completely unrealistic, it's also boring. Almost everyone I know who saw the movie who wasn't middle-aged said they liked the movie, but it was too long and kind of too boring. Does that make sense? When looking back at this movie, did it really give you anything back? This movie is illogical, stupid, pointless, and um, like it before it get too redundant, annoying. I was hoping that Redacted would die in the war or get hit by a car when he was running. That would have been hilarious, and the movie could have been up there with Toxic Avenger and Brain Dead. The Academy Awards are a joke. They don't recognize really good movies, and I'm still shocked that American Beauty won since it actually deserved an Oscar. I seriously think Demolition Man or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a better movie. At least Wesley Snipes had a cool hairstyle. Go run a classic like Vanilla Ice is Cool as Ice or Chud. Redacted sucks, and isn't he more like an anti-hero? I'd rather have Leatherface or Toxic Avenger, but who doesn't root for them anyway? Oh, okay. No, I'm wrong. Right. I have no idea. All right. You'll get three guesses. I guess if you have no idea too, we could just we can just whatever. But all right. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you fifteen seconds. I'm gonna start counting down uh since I wrote that again. All right. And mm. five, four, three, two, one. I have no idea. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, all right. All right. So you're both wrong. You're both wrong. Um, I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, I, I can give kind of, I'm going to, what we will do is like, who's warmer. It, it could, it, that might not even apply to some of these, but I'll say Tanner is warmer. Oh, All right. I'm going to give you another, I'm going to give you another 20 seconds to think uh, this over. The key point, the key point, I'll say this key part of this i was i was hoping i was hoping that redacted again that's where the name would be i was hoping that redacted would die in the war or like get hit by a car when he was running oh fuck okay i know what this is five four three two one Forrest Gump, Tanner got it. Oh yeah, Tanner got it. Well done, Tanner. Forrest Gump, it is. Forrest Gump, it is. All right. Well done. Your next review. Okay. This so this was one out of ten stars. Uh, The title so slow and boring. I have no idea how this movie has received such glowing reviews. The actor appears to be heavily sedated throughout the movie, and the virtual lack of dialogue throughout the majority of the film just adds to the overall boring experience. Overall, it's a movie about nothing with no message at all, and it ends by leaving you with no sense of closure or understanding of why you've been subjected to such a depressing experience. If there was any message at all, I would say it was that life sucks and then you die, or crime doesn't pay. 
day, perhaps. But overall, that's a little bit too Disney for my tastes. But perhaps this will appeal to the masses. Do yourself a favor and spend your time watching something else, or at the very least, take some Valium to get yourself in the correct frame of mind for the slow-paced, self-indulgent offering. No stars. No stars. I think stars. I know what it is. I'm, was... I'm ready to guess. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Tanner got it. Hey. No way! Are you kidding me? How are you? God! Are you kidding me? It was Drive. You? Tanner, you're so good. For the Jesus. people playing along at home. It was Drive. It was Drive, yes. Yeah. Ryan Gosling's Drive. Damn, Tanner, that's impressive. That, that was really, that was a good pull. I would say Joker was would also match that definition in terms of like someone who saw it that poorly. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Tim, uh, Tanner, your turn. All right. Okay, so there's a lot of misspellings in this. And I'm going to try to read it how it's typed. So bear with me. Sure. Uh, this is the three-star review by a user named Nolan is the best. <laughs> so this is Max's uh, Smurf account. Um <laughs> Very off-drated. The only thing good was humor. Everything else was below averages. Skajo didn't deserve supporting actress nomination, and it shouldn't be nominated for anything. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> probably easier than the last one. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Five, four, three, two, one. Jojo Rabbit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, it was one or the other. God. <laughs> got nominated for the, the, you know, two roles in the same category. I thought for sure it was going to be Marriage Story. Damn it. Wow, I am. Uh, yeah, but you said, it, you said it wasn't supposed to be a comedy or something. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. You said something about that. The humor. Ah. Everything else was below averages. That's what's good. That's what's good about this game because you have to pick up on <laughs> below those. averages. You have to. You have to pick up on that. Like you said, humor, and I completely missed that and went with just the supporting actors part. And I combined it. Well done, Tim. Uh, as it stands right now for our listeners, Tanner is currently winning three uh, with three points. Tim with two points, and me with a resounding zero. Um, all right, my turn. <clears throat> Okay. <clears throat> I'm trying to decide if I should redact the character. Oh, I'm going to redact the character's name, just in case if you guys know this guy. Yeah. Redacted is a man on a mission to make a better, to make a better life for his son, even if it kills the kid. If this is what passes for a feel-good movie in the 21st century, we're all doomed to hell. I got no inspiration from a film showing a father too stubborn and prideful to do what was best for his kid's comfort and safety. Inspirational films feature sympathetic characters who have run out of options, yet overcome adversity anyway. Redacted, has portrayed in the film, had many options, and he didn't want to bother to explore because of his foolish pride, his stubbornness, and his quest for the fat buck. He could have allowed his son to go to NY with his ex-wife, but he chose to keep the child upon to punish his wife for bailing on the marriage. He had the opportunity to let his son stay in a shelter for abused wives and children, ensuring his son's safety. But again, his foolish pride wouldn't permit it. And redacted thought it was better for his son to sleep on a public restroom floor than for them to be apart. Than for them to be apart. 
Maybe someday someone will come forward to tell the real story of how Redacted got into this financial hole in the first place. His lack of sales success and his wife working double shifts as a waitress isn't a justifiable reason for the king of money woes uh, for any kind of money woes they were in as the movie began. My father had to retire in 1969 due to heart condition. And my mother managed to take care of a mortgage of bills, a sick husband, and raise four kids, all on a full-time, full-time waitress's story. Money. Salary. Shit. So I don't know what Redacted and his wife were thinking to doing with their money. An apartment in early 70s San Francisco was a hell of a lot cheaper to afford than my childhood home in Long Island. And my mother managed. That's an angry person. Wow. An angry person. Triggered. I know what this is. I think I do, too. All right. Five, four. Three, two, one. Well done. It is the pursuit of happiness. Tanner and Tim both get a point. Yay. Tanner, Tanner and Tim are the only people who could potentially win this game at this point. <laughs> uh, there is no way, unless I perform some sort of miracle comeback. Actually, it's literally impossible, so I can't come back. <laughs> but Tanner and Tim are in this, are fighting to the finish here. Tim, it is your turn to read your third and final review. All right. So the title of this is Two Hours of My Life, I Am Never Getting Back. This is the biggest pile of shit I've ever seen. So bad that I was inclined to sign in here. The actor and company are responsible for imbeciling our society. It is disrespectful and bad taste, full of really poor innuendos and simply offending. So what it has, so what it has some analogies that a smart person can pick up on. In general, it's just stupid. It's almost as if the actor got high and decided that his narcotized psychotic visions are funny. I don't understand the actor's movies. I don't laugh at them. It takes much more to write intellectually challenging comedy. Something this actor has no clue about. But if this is a level of pop culture, then I fear for our future. Oh, fuck, dude. I don't know. I'm saving the, the hardest for last. <sighs> yeah, it's going to take a clue for me to get this. Um, all right. Uh, well, we both have to guess before moving on a clue round. So let's let's uh, okay. <laughs> let's just throw it out there. All right. Okay. Tim, count us down. Five, four, three, two, one. Max, you got it. Oh God! Sauce He's on party. the board. Yes, <laughs> you finally got one. <laughs> Yeah, Max. Did you look that up show? after I brought up Wiener Party, or did you, or Wiener Wiener? I, I had that pulled up. I had that pulled up beforehand. Oh, really? So we just happened to talk yeah. about it, and that was the review you picked. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the well the done. one the thing that got me was was this actor who gets high, and and the person like I hate this actor. He seems like he gets high, and I was like, okay, Seth Rogen for sure, and then his 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 psychotic vision so I was like that seems like sausage party to me <laughs> so sweet i'm on the board one point tanner four tim three <laughs> max one tanner it is time for your third and final review okay um this is equally hard but can tim pull pull it get one point to tie tanner and have it come down to my review 
let's just let's set the table here. If Tim pulls this and gets a point, it will be Tim and Tanner tied four four going into my review for the win. Tanner, go ahead. Okay. Um, most overrated movie since The Dark Knight. The movie is good. Don't get me wrong. It's just. It's just doesn't measure up to the hype people have been giving it. The actors were fine. Great story with a twist in the middle, which elevates the story and created a momentum. The ending was very poetic and smart. And the movie is very versatile. Great film. Half star rating. <laughs> which is why I picked it. <laughs> Great film. Half star. <laughs> Amazing. Half star. Uh, Can you read that one more time? Yeah, repeat. Yes. Uh, most overrated movie since The Dark Knight. The movie is good, don't get me wrong. It just doesn't measure up to the hype people have been giving it. The actors were fine. Great story with a twist in the middle, which elevates the story and created a momentum. The ending was very poetic and smart, and the movie is very versatile. Great movie. Okay. I think I, I, think, I, <laughs> I, think I got it. Yeah. Uh. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. Both wrong. Oh, we both, both got... guessed Interstellar. Both guessed Interstellar. Okay, okay. Um, Tim, do you want to take a clue? Uh, or do you want to go for another? Uh, we should guess again or listen to the review. Tanner, read the review again. <laughs> read the review again. Well, one more. Let time. me give you a clue. Okay, give us a clue. Uh, the movie came out last year. Some key things from the review: overrated, great movie, twist in the middle. Give us a countdown from like 20 now, Tanner. Okay. 20, 19, <laughs> 18. You can keep it in your head until like 10. <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying to fill, you know, the radio. silence. Yeah. Okay. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Two, one, go. <laughs> no, okay. This, uh, this was probably a bad pick on my part. You're both wrong again. Uh, Jumanji, the next level. Max. <laughs> Tim guessed Knives Out. Okay, um, so you've narrowed it down a little further. All right, next hint. Um... Um, That's our last guess, too. If Tim doesn't get this. Next hint is um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Basement. I don't know if either of you have actually seen this movie. <laughs> uh, basement. 
Can you re read the review one more time? Read the review one more time. Okay. Most overrated movie since The Dark Knight. The movie is good. It just doesn't measure up to the hype people have been giving it. The actors were fine. Great story with a twist in the middle, which elevates the story and created a momentum. The ending was very poetic and smart, and the movie is very versatile. Great movie. Here's another hint. Mosquito. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hit it. Oh, why'd I type this? You just said we probably haven't seen it. No. Oh, wait, no, I know. I know what it is. It's okay. I mean, you can. <laughs> okay. I don't know if we give it to him, but uh, Tim did guess it right on his um, fourth guess. Uh, yeah, Tim, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> It's parasite. The rules of this game uh, that I came up with <laughs> several hours before this podcast taping. But here's the good news, Tim, is you're technically still in this. You're technically still in this because this is why. Even though Tanner and I'm gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna make these rules a little bit more like in line. Like we're kind of just winging it, so the next time it could be a little bit more direct. But. Here's why you're still in this, Tim, because the score is 4-3-1, Tanner, Tim. Tim, if you get the movie, the next review right first before Tanner, you will get a point, and you'll be tied up, and we'll go into sudden death, where I will pick movie reviews <laughs> randomly out of uh, that I can find and read them to you, and we will, um, we will go for that. We can't do this. I need to get off. I have other <laughs> things I need to do. Oh, no, no, no. What do you mean get it right before Tanner? So I can just guess whenever? Well, no, 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 no. You both are going to guess at the same time. If you get it right and Tanner doesn't get it right, then you get a point and oh. it's a tie game. Um, and if Tanner needs to get off, okay. we could finish it next week. We could do a sudden death match or something like that. Uh, okay. My review is Redacted is the most pointless and artistically redundant franchise in history. First, which was a total piece of crap, gave it away to a tepid moronic sequel. And now, after three years of peace and quiet, we are punished with Redacted, the most American Japan you will ever see in a film. Although there is even less of a story than the other two, it is still a carbon copy of his predecessors and offers absolutely nothing new. The characters are crap. The action is lame, soulless, overcut, and PG-13 friendly, and obviously inspired by hours and hours of endless PlayStation. The only reason I want to see this wit to see this turkey is because I love Japanese girls. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, this is the most American Japan you'll ever see. So there's hardly any of them at all. <laughs> and all Japanese girls are shot from behind. So you can't actually see if they're Japanese. Whether or not this is because they were just LA girls masquerading as Japanese girls, or it's because Universal didn't like to alienate the American audiences, I don't know. But if you're expecting anything remotely resembling a culture clash, then ditch this uh, preconception. I guess that kind of thing would be too difficult for the writers this trash to muster. And how in the hell does this hillbilly main character, Redacted, master the Japanese language in a few days? It's no secret that Redacted films operate on decline 
need scale and forgive me for sounding like a fuddy-duddy. I feel like they send the wrong message to the wrong generation. Speed gets you babes, repeated 18 times. The film is less subtle than the above paragraph, despite the disclaimer at the end, warning naive audience members that the dangers of such driving, um, uh, whatever. I must point out that too many impressionable kids forget this is just a stupid fantasy movie. A dumb disclaimer at the end isn't enough to dissuade them from trying all this crap that is featured in the movie. But that is to be expected from the lowest possible common denominator garbage. <clears throat> all right. Well, it didn't. It, it took me a, a long second there, but I think I got it. Yeah. Dang it. You got it, Tim. Five. Yeah, I got it. Four. Three. Two. One. Yeah, it <laughs> is. And Tim loses to Tanner by one point. Tanner with a whopping five freaking Fast points. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Tanner, holy shit, man! You you got all of them but one. That's very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. Tanner wins this round on the cinematic. I'd like to argue. I'd like to argue for Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tim, if you would have, you, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to iron these rules out more. I'm going to bring in things like repeats and uh, uh, like you could repeat the question as many times in a certain amount of time. So if you need more, buy yourself more time, you could do that. I'll get these rules ironed out for the next time. But for the first iteration of the Cinemax Game Show, the winner is Tanner danger rush rush Yay. and uh with that guys that's gonna do it for today's episode of cinemaxic thank you so much for joining us i know it was extra long got a lot of movie news we'll see you next week same place same day maybe same time i don't know when we all upload this follow us at cinemaxic pod on instagram cinemaxic on twitter cinemaxic pod at gmail.com you can follow us at tanner rush on instagram at tim Trist on instagram and at max Fozzie on instagram again thank you guys so much for listening share this with your friends family people love movies and we will see you on the next episode of the Cinemaxic Podcast. Bye.